already up to. Nice. Alright. So yes, you will be out there. Really, out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. Alright, so that, that two recordings going. Yep. So, as we know, it's movie time! And uh, this episode is also our indie showcase! So, Kinte and I are here uh, in, with Susan Johnston, and uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm delighted to be here today. Thanks. And we are, uh, and I am broadcasting here from Springfield, Missouri, and uh, Kente from how, uh, from Los how Angeles, California. Kente, I'm from Los Angeles, California as well, and Sweet. I'm spending more time. Yeah, but I'm spending more time in New England with family, so I'm I'm by coastal. Oh, my condolences to uh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Fans. <laughs> oh, I know. Okay, I know. They lost. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, yeah so what boo down for They'll move on and, and they'll get there again. Oh, you know, they have great heart and great skills. They'll get there again. Hey, at least we have baseball. We, we do have baseball. Go Red yeah. Sox, go Paw Sox. That's right. <laughs> It's like, I'm, uh, I think that because them and the Cardinals don't play on the same team, go both. Go <laughs> both. Yes, they're not in the same division. Go both. Hey, they just played each other for the World Series, though. So. Uh, who, who won? The Red Sox just beat the Cardinals. There you go. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. We do. We have big heart back here, honestly. It's, yeah. you know, they see that vision and that's it. There's nothing stopping them. And, of course, my mini yay to the Blue Jays. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a Toronto girl originally. I love Toronto. Toronto is a great city with great people and a great festival. Love Toronto International Film Festival. Yeah, it's like they are a great CNBC festival. The only thing is, is that they're not very supportive of their actual filmmakers. But that's another story. Really? They really aren't. You sure? Yes. I know Steve Greystock and Pierce Handling. Steve Greystock's at the program. Pierce Handling started it years ago. Um, my Rosha was on board with the Maverick sessions. And, and I was behind the scenes, even though I was attending. You know, I'm a producer at heart, so I, like, roll up my sleeves, go, can I help you? And I really thought they were very, they were very supportive of their film festival, of filmmakers on a one-on-one. Now, if you're meaning something else, press or distribution, I Financial. can't trust to that. Oh, so, well, financial's yeah. tough. I mean, you know, you know people distrib- want us to waive every film, and we can't. I mean, you know, gosh, there are just costs involved that, you know, someone somewhere has to cover. Um, so I don't, well, you know, wait a minute, I, I think I can answer why they're not financially supportive of the filmmakers, is because the Toronto Canadian, slash Canadian government, it's telefilm. Yes. And yes. all filmmakers are supposed to go to telefilm, and I have to tell you, that's an amazing program. Um, it is, yeah. except for unless you're a local person. Then, um, then it's like the rules of telefilm are constantly. Originally, it was meant for new and emerging filmmakers. Uh-huh. Um, now, basically, unless you are David Cronenberg or someone in that uh, that category, Adam O'Goyan, um, if you are Robert Lantos, you'll get money from Telefilm Canada. Otherwise, good luck to you. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Barring that. Yeah. 
the answer I can give you is tax credits. <laughs> well, there was something set up for filmmakers to go to in Canada, and that's why they yes. didn't, probably didn't need to fill that need. Now, if it's changed, someone has to lovingly go talk to peers. He's a great guy. He'll listen. Now, he might not be able to fund, but at least the, the conversation has started, and you know, perhaps you know, the universe will bring the money to that program. Um, you know, I would like to see, well, I'm probably going to get off tomorrow. I would like to see a more global access. I understand the tax credits because I was the one that made the phone call for the first tax incentive in Rhode Island, which went through Providence for 25% back in the late 90s. And I understand why we want to bring economic development to our communities. But I also think we have to structure these tax incentives where we allow more of our key people that we've worked with before, which means they're not going to live in Missouri, they're not going to live in Toronto, to come with us because in a film you're only as strong as your weakest link and at the end of the day you can give me all the tax credits you can, you want but if I'm getting fifth tier crew because I'm using your tax credits in Canada that does me and you no good because that film is not going to be the production value it needs to be in order to entertain on the level that we want it to and so I can say this because I was one of the first people in the late 90s to implement a tax incentive. I do think we need to sit together and I need to go, we can, we can work together in this sandbox. Does that yes. make sense? Yes, it does. So, so I don't need to be greedy and take all of it. You know, it's okay to share it because by sharing, we're going to have all these crews learn all these cultures and all these ways and, and, you know, they can branch off and new people can come in. So, anyways, that's where I, I see it going um, in a non-greedy global view of how to make films. And your background is actually quite diverse, though, too. Because it's like you, you have, like, the film background. You have, like, the new media background. You're a machinima person just like us. <laughs> Well, it's so funny. I think if you look at me, if anybody saw that movie Short Circuit and the little robot mm -hmm. and the, this truck pulls up to New York City and he, he comes out of the truck and he looks around and he gets all excited and he goes, wow, mass quantities of information. That, I've, always, I've always been that girl. Like I, I excelled in reading in school because I was so curious about all these books. You know, um, I was always curious like you know i would climb trees or i would you know sail a hundred foot schooner or i would bass fish or i'm not saying i did any of them for long term and was you know good or great at any of them but i i think i've pretty much tried everything in life once i mean i've been on every every position of a film crew you know from focus forward to dolly grip to best boy you know which is hilarious um you know, so I'm curious, I'm tenacious, I listen, I, I apparently I listen well because I have to listen to someone who has the experience to tell me, but I, I think more importantly, you know, I came from a family of, you know, you know, I'd like to say mad geniuses in a way because I always teetered on that fence of, you know, gosh, is that insane or is that brilliant, but my, and the my mom and dad are not around anymore, I just recently lost, lost my dad, so it's very strange okay. to yeah, it's very strange being parentless, but what it does is it has you kind of re-go through your life and, and remember what value they brought to you. And with my, you know, in, in good, you know, you don't remember, try to not to remember the bad. You always try to remember the good and not reproduce the bad. But on my dad's side, um, he used to take me to work with him all the time. 
and he was working on sets and he was known as a jack of all trades master of none so he provided the from my understanding because i was a kid he provided the antique cars for the great gatsby i remember being on the set i remember being on that this green luscious lawn in front of a mansion and this this like hail of light coming at us and I'm looking and it was Robert Redford and he came over and said hi I mean obviously I didn't know who he was until he walks away and everybody's like Ooh, that was Robert Redford that was Robert Redford so so if you think about my dad takes me to work with him and you know what do you do with the tenacious kid he gave me jobs so I did a light show um, you know, for an Elvis Presley uh, impersonator who was very good when I was 13. I was setting up um, steel guitars and microphone stands. I was in my dad's office at 11. I was playing tambourine at Slim Pickens Band uh, when he was in town on tour. Um, you know, my dad repped Joe Frazier at a time. So there were all these things that my dad had me do. You know, okay. I'm going to share my life with you. Mm-hmm. Guess how, guess, this will just kind of sum it all up. So I go to learn how to drive. Guess what my dad teaches me how to drive in? Just guess. Hmm. Um, Car with uh, zero seatbelts? A full-size school bus. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, he had a band that went on, on, a, on tour, and so he took a full-size school bus, ripped out the back seats. That was for equipment. The front part was for the band. And he, and he goes, come on, Sue. He goes, we're going to learn how to drive. And I go, okay. And he doesn't take me, you know, to the big solid metal car. He takes me to the bus, and I go, I look at him, and I go, really? And he goes, yep. He goes, if you can learn how to drive a bus, you can drive anything. And he was absolutely right. I can drive anything. Mm-hmm. anything. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, so that I think will have you understand, you know, why I can do all these things. Like I remember when I was in junior high school, he was running a, a fish and chip restaurant with fresh fish and it was amazing. And then because he was managing bands all over the world, he'd have famous people come in and then he couldn't, you know, talk to them because he was working. So he'd send me after school which was amazing to the mechanic at Lake across the street and we would sit and I would be talking to the I thought they were old people <laughs> but I was sitting with these old people just like chilling talking about life but they were famous people so think of the amazing education I got without even knowing about it you know right. so that's my life very yeah. cool yeah and new media film festival so tell me all about the site and everything Wow. Okay. So, New Media Film Festival. Well, what's important for me is New Media Film Festival honors stories worth telling. And the reason why is because I really feel that the stories we read, see, create are encoding our present and our future. And so I ask you, what do you want your world to be like? So, and I kid you not. Okay, when I tell you what I said last night in New York, um, I just judged the Miss Universe New York pageant. And all the judges are at the bar, and we're talking about, you know, how fun it was and, you know, how you really do empower at least the one woman, you know, to 
to, you know, for her life and the other women for confidence and, you know, breaking through any barriers that were holding them back. I'm at the bar. I'm looking at these two. You know, I don't really watch TV, but when you're at the bar and there's these two big TVs, you can't help but see what's on them. This is what I said to the bartender. I said, excuse me, could you please change the channel so I don't have to watch this man have sex with a dead woman? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's what was happening on two screens, and it was regular TV. It was like ABC or CBS, and I'm wow. like, wow, exactly, wow. So that, to, that right there tells you why I honor stories worth telling. You know, um, so anyways... About, um, so I, I'm a producer. I was an award-winning producer on my first film, Room 32. I moved out to um, California in 2000, you know, after working under Mayor Cianci of Providence with the Rhode Island and Film Commissions and, you know, helping a team build the infrastructure that was used. I kind of, like, reached whatever glass ceiling that's called back there, and it was time to move on. But I actually moved out as an actress, and I moved out during the acting strike, so that, you know, being a staunch union advocate at the time, I couldn't work on set, so I called friends and said, what should I do? And they introduced me to people that had me cast. Well, casting led to producing, and the producing, you know, brought me in some acting, and then, you know, that's why those all moved forward. But then it came to a pivotal point where I was producing these live shows, which were considered the Oscars for attorneys. Like we had Amit Khanna, and you know, almost every head of every studio, um, you know, was there, and it, just a really wonderful time. I think I did that for about five years, and then another organization came in and wanted me to work with them, and this was pretty impressive. It was with the United Nations, the Millennium Project, it included you know Wagner Opera. All well and good, but the four people that were involved, who I love dearly, were deeply dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to them, I love you dearly, but you're all deeply dysfunctional. Don't know if I want to take this ride. I appreciate what you're doing. You're about global consciousness. You know, let me just think about this. So I actually went to sleep and I said, oh, please tell me, what should I do? And I woke up the next morning and I said, I get it. Let me pull on my past. I mean, I have a rich history of a variety of things in the entertainment business. Let me utilize these skills in one place. And what a lot of people don't know about me is I'm pretty stealth on, um, you know, I'm a geek. I was the test bunny for the Vericam, the Panasonic Vericam, and the Panasonic DVX100. And I found out that my... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I found out that my notes became the DVX100A. I'm sure along with other people. But then Red came along, and they were really sweet. And we had a meeting when I was running Big Vision Studios, which unfortunately was no longer around, but that was a great experience. And they wanted me to test you know, their 4K resolution. And I went to a scratch program. And I sat there, and I went, you know what? I've been there, done that. Let me let somebody else do it. And now let me apply all this together. So now you see why I wake up one morning and I say, I don't want to work with dysfunctional people that I love. I do want to help the world enjoy great stories that can stand the test of time. And I have the infrastructure able to have a global audience you know, filter through. And so I took my film commission background where during that time we built three film festivals of which one is nationally accredited now and we built like a screenwriting conference and all this other stuff. So now you can see why New Media Film Festival happened. The challenge is, is I didn't realize 
how much it was going to suck up my life. So we're celebrating our fifth anniversary this year, but I literally gave up everything. Like I was acting, couldn't do it anymore. I was in a band. I've been in a band for 15 years, couldn't do it anymore. It's like there just wasn't any time. I'm really proud of what I've done, what we've done, everybody and anybody that's, you know, helped and believed in New Media Film Festival, and we are changing lives. Like, we just, you know, uh, some of our some of our films are, you know, Oscar contenders. Um, some of our filmmakers have gotten financing because they've won awards in our trailers or snippers category. I'm distributing Machinima, which I've learned, I've just educated an entire culture that, yes, you can make money from your creation. They're like, you we like to do this for fun. And I say, well, why don't you get paid for it so you can afford to make your next one? Exactly. Amen well, to that. Is, right? Well, here's, uh, well, amen to that. If I had only listened years ago with Doug Layton of Panasonic, when I walked into him, you know, I had, you know, I had a crew, I had resources, and I said, Doug, I'm so proud. I made this music video for $17.38. And he said to me, never do that again. <laughs> Right? But he made, and I said, why? And he said, because people need to pay bills and they need to be fed. But, but I take it a step further and go, and, I, and I'm really working with a lot of major companies to help independent filmmakers in all length formats and all genres educate them on what I call in- incrementalization in the digital space. They need to make money regardless of what amount it is and regardless of whether it's spread across one or 2,000 platforms. And it is so hard to find a great story. I don't think there's anyone that will disagree with me that if you have a crappy script, no matter what actor or director or producer you put on that, it's going to be crap. Right. You have a great story, you're pretty much guaranteed you're going to have a great film even if all the odds are against you. Pretty much. You know, bad acting is bad acting. Bad lighting is bad lighting. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, so, so my point is, is that it's so hard to find a great story. It's so hard to find a great story told well that when you do that, by that time, in an independent world, that person is exhausted. Um, they don't know what to do next. They have depleted all their resources and money. And so we need to get them some more money, which will give them enough time because they're probably not going to get paid in the first quarter to even meet their minimum, but gives them enough time to get back on their feet and redesign their next program. And to me, that's the hope and the goal that they say, oh, okay, we've got distribution over here, so money will eventually be coming in. Okay, I can get back on the track again. So that's what it's all about, you know? And it's also in the media right now as well as also in actual traditional films a lot of people are saying when you're coming to approach new people it's like dealing with actually bringing out it's not only just the script bring something with it bring the trailer bring, uh, even if it's something that you do yourself yeah it's like and machinima is actually helping out with that I, I think so too so here's some of the things I have 19 categories right now so um, just so you know our judges are um, from Pixar Fox the caucus which are the TV guys and other industry leaders such as journalists people from the Grammys people from the Gemini's etc so I'll just read my categories 3d animation apps digital comics documentary features LGBT machinima 
Shot on Mobile, Music Video Sniffler, which is a 30-second pitch. That's the one where the guy got his money just from, the, just from being wow. accepted for the 30-second pitch. Anything new media, uh, because some people don't feel they fit in the other categories, so sure, send it through there. New Media Scripts, and what's funny about New Media Scripts is it's all lengths. It's all types. You could be a reality show. You could be a pilot for TV. You know, someone sent me in, um, they sent me in an event where they had the script for the event. So it's anything that's text-written. Shorts, shot on red, socially responsible content, trailers, web series, and recently implemented, which I'm very excited about, is STEAM, Science, Technology, Engineering, Art, and Math. So isn't that a great... Yeah, it's a great, great variety, and, you know, each of them win a best-of-category award, and then they all get together, and... Was music videos in there? It should have been. Yeah. Okay, good. Um... You know, and they all are, are up for $45,000 in awards. Um, so anybody who enters is considered to screen in the state-of-the-art theater or at the Landmark, which is on West Pico in Los Angeles. Uh, it's June 10th and 11th, 2014. Um, they also get, you know, considered for competition in the 45000 in awards, and then they also get considered for distribution, whether we screen them or not. And what's interesting is different companies are coming on board and sponsoring the different categories. So NVIDIA is giving us product, a monitor, and some glasses for winners in the 3D category. Um, in the STEAM category, the Entertainment Industries Council, of which I'm now on their board for the SET Awards, is giving us two tickets to their SET Awards. Uh, the music video is um, Sponsored by Teletunes, which is a film library, which means they'll be able to acquire if you know if if the musicians want to and and Teletunes wants to you know those songs for their library, which means they can get into films and TV. Um, Final Draft is giving us a version. I, I ended up having version eight, even though version nine is out now. I have one version eight to give out for the new media scripts category. So it, you know it's very exciting that there's all these little added bonuses for people. Absolutely, and it becomes also not only, and it also helps break out the creativity out there. I think so, and here's what's really interesting that people don't know. We offer a lot of things free during the festival. We have um, we have a networking lounge that's sponsored by Pop Chips. We have a new media marketing table where you place one or take one business card or postcard, which is very popular. We have an international art exhibit. It's always been free. It's been free to enter, free to you know exhibit, free to um, you know enjoy, and people just send us links to their, their artwork, and we figure it out that way. And then what we decided to do is we get a lot of amazing visual content that, and I know this is going to sound weird, but some stories you can you can tell without hearing it. Mm-hmm. So so if it's something I can't screen for whatever reason, but it, it fits in this art on wall category, we accept it. No extra charge. And then I love this because it harkens back to the days of when you, like, um, you know, you would shoot film on a wall, like at the um, Hollywood Cemetery, they, they shoot the film yeah, on the yeah. limb, or you'd put up a white sheet in your backyard and show films. And so now we put it on the ceiling. Very cool. So, yeah, it's very, very cool. So throughout the entire festival, you know, you've got these amazing visuals just going on all around you. So those are some fun things, I think, you know, that add, you know, add extra value that um, I'm not sure everybody's aware of. Yeah, 
also over the year as well, it's like the site also helps promote and also if there's new technologies and also be able to get a, lo a whole lot of new views. Because like we were talking about some of the softwares and stuff that we had been do uh, that we ran into with the AFM and stuff. And oh, did you also uh, go to the Easy site? Oh, like to the Easy kiosk? What's the Easy kiosk? Easy is now. Um, dealing with what movie magic screenwriter and uh, like the sorry the scheduler and the budgeter is doing it's like easy has actually just taken through on the budgeting platform side of being able to have a program it's like it's again another new launcher that's coming up there it's the way that proxy used to be where it's like with each country it, when you are doing it you can see what your tax credits are going to come out from from your budget oh, as yeah. well as also union non-union and if you're dealing with multi-countries it just plugs it in just oh, like that's, that that's very cool um sydney levine and Peter Belcito, um, Sydney does Sydney's Buzz, and they, you know, they run, um, they run programs that do that same thing, and I've been working with them for years, so I do use that. I did want to mention that if people signed up on our newsletter, which is free, newmediafilmfestival.com, we, we send out one newsletter on average a month, and we send you information, free things, discounts on things, you know, keep you on the cutting edge, um... You know, so I would advise people to do that. The other thing we do is if they follow us anywhere on social media, we have 52 weeks of giving, and every week we give something away, whether it's a free entry or it's an autographed item from someone famous or it's two tickets to something. Um, you know, we we give things away, and that's that's been we've even had leather wallets. It's what you know, it's what sponsors give us that we give away. So. Um, it's a way to engage with our audience. We love, like, we give um, on our social media. We we mix it up. We we have quotes, so things are inspirational. Um, we'll we'll send you links to videos, so you can learn something for free or watch something that won an award, so you can see, you know, maybe, you know, if you're in the three. Oh, we have a Nvidia online channel that's 3D that's free. So if you make 3D, you know, we accept it, but Nvidia also has to check it out. So, you know, you should you you'll look there and you go, okay, this is what they're accepting. You know, it's just, I, I really feel that we're like a portal. We're a portal for you to come in and, and, and feel safe and go, I'm part of a global community. Who can I connect with? What can I do to get, get it to the next level? You know? And it's also a great way of being able to also do your crowdsourcing, too, in terms of that for your projects and stuff like that. But yeah. yeah. We were talking about that at the AFM, it's like, as well, like the idea. It's so funny. Well, that's why um, I just recently redesigned the entire website, so I hope everybody loves it. It's supposed to be cleaner, more streamlined, more elegant, more easy to find your information, but you're right. There is a section on there for events, so if you want to know, you know, what events to go to, great. Uh, you know, on the press page, you can go down and see the titles of the headlines for, for you know, for press, you know, uh, from backwards, so think of it like a resource library of books and information. Um, you could go to our YouTube, you know, New Media, I think it's New Media Film Channel or New Media Film Festival Channel, and you can watch Q&As um, with people being interviewed on the red carpet. You know, how do you want your content? That's kind of what it is. Like, you can, you can read about it, you can watch it on video, you can see it live in person. We also have live stream during the festival, but obviously it's not the same as being there. Um, 
that's, that's really kind of funny that I just said, you know, how do you want your content? Because yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's what we're doing. We're allowing you all these different ways. And it's funny. Um, we have an uh, assistant, Jan, and, you know, people will, will email him, you know, why isn't it working this way? And by them asking us that, we actually find out how someone else is viewing the world. One of the things I also wanted to talk about is in terms of that, it's like, uh, so we saw on your uh, on your site there that you and Pookie are going to be talking about monetizing machinima and uh, dealing with that as well and dealing with that. Uh, and Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's pretty well, fascinating. Too. Well, what I love, well, I mean, obviously I love media. So first off, new media is all media. It's 35 millimeter. It's a systems and tomatic camera. It's 4K resolution. It's photos, you know, with little, you know, uh, Batman things coming out of the mouth, pow, wow, whatever. You know, one of our first web series was really photos with, you know, text coming out of it. Um, so it's all media, all ages, all cultures. So that's what it is. So Machinima is fascinating because they tell stories. Right. And all different kinds of stories like Pookie entered what I call Monster Mesh, which is this really cute cartoon Halloween song. So who doesn't want to see a cute song on Halloween? So we're distributing that. And then another one um, was about it was a documentary about a soccer player who was also a sculptor. And it was, you know, and it was an homage to him, which it was just really well done. And then there was Dear Fairy. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember all the titles. And then Dear Fury was this amazing, poetic, um, sort of unfolding with beautiful, um, sort of robotic humans. You know, so you can see that, you know, they're just, it's like art. It's yeah. like yeah. art, anim, uh, art, I don't want to say animated like animation, but art coming to life is basically what it is. So, anyways, long story short, I'll give you the quick lowdown on distribution. Whoa, is distribution arduous? It is. It is so arduous, I want to pull my hair out. Mm -hmm. So I've been, you know, deep into it up to my head, you know, for five years. And I I feel, because people tell me and I'm written about it, that I, you know, I have great integrity and I'm known for that. I look at it like I champion, and we talked about this earlier before I was on tape, is that I really feel that because I've been in the business a long time and I'm seasoned and I'm a very strong woman because I had two men, you know, above me most of my life. My mom died when I was 16, so I had my older brother and my father. And, you know, so it was like I had to muscle up. So I'm pretty hard to knock down. That being said, it's a tough, it's tough. So you have to read your contract. Um, Now, watch this. People will ask me to define the contract. And when I say to them, I can't define the contract for you because that's in conflict. I'm trying to give you this contract, which means if I answer your question, how can, even though you can trust me, how could you trust me or anyone else? Because I'm going to skew it so you sign it. That's theoretical. That's theoretic. That's why people say, go have a professional read your contract or someone else who's had a contract before. It is at that point that a filmmaker gets mad at me. And I kind of raise my hands in the air and go, I'm, I'm protecting them. I'm on their side. I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing ethically. But okay, let them have their temper tantrum. They don't understand they're shooting themselves in the foot. Yes. You know, and then there's all different spreads. So I'm going to give you an example. I was so... We're going to go back to the Doug Layton $17.38 music video. Just bear with me, okay? okay? okay. No I, learned, 
No, I learn what everybody else learns. So I'm so excited. The first year of the festival, I get distribution with uh, with an award-winning distribution company, and they're giving us 70-30 split skewed in the, you know, filmmaker's favorite. That's amazing. Well, here's what happens. Here's what happens. I go through these next years seeing how much work it is to find a decent distributor with a decent contract and, you know, what platforms do they have and what deliverables do they need them in. And now most of the industry is a 50-50 split, and I agree with it, which I would not have in my years of the 70-30 split. And I've had people come back to me and go, well, you used to give us 70-30, and I say, yes, but guess what? Because you were a 70-30 split, that distributor made less money. So when you only have so much time in a day to move product forward, what product are you going to move forward? You're going to move product forward that you make more money on. So so that's why I say to people, do you want your film out there where you get more followers, more eyeballs, more chances for people to find you to hire you, more chances for people to want your next film, um, and more revenue coming in? Because you've said to this distributor, I get it. You have to build those relationships with those platforms. You have to get the contracts in place with those platforms. You have to send the deliverables out on them. And, and they change, like new things get added. So, so now most of the contracts are 50-50. I agree with it now. I would not have agreed with it then. And that's life's, you know, that's life's lessons. I think filmmakers have to understand that when someone offers them distribution, it's a good thing. We're saying we really yes, like yes. your content. We have no upfront costs. We don't have any costs on the back end either. You really should have closed captioning, but if you don't, we can offer it and we'll let you know clearly upfront what it is. So again, these are the things you have to look for. Exclusive, non-exclusive, upfront costs, any costs, um, you know, and use your best judgment. I won't name the company, but there was one company that they actually bullied me. They actually bullied me. Oh, yeah. So they, I won't do business with them, but my new distribution platform does do business with them. And I told them straight out, I said, look, I said, they bullied me. If they bullied me, and, and I'm a strong person, imagine how these other filmmakers feel. I didn't like their contract. So I said to him, I said, um, I, said I don't mind you um, distributing the shorts through their platform because shorts need homes. I said, but absolutely do not give this company the features. And I think I'm doing the features a service because of how bullying they were. Features don't need that. Features don't need that. But shorts need that avenue. And we're still protecting them. So so I think that's pretty cool that I found a distributor that understands, you know, these filmmakers are are not only making great films – but they're also great people that want to make another great one. So we want to take care in placing their their content where it will be best received because, you know, everything in the digital space now is like or not like. So you don't want to put it in the wrong place and have it have not like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And also, you know, place it, you know, like just yesterday I got I got a film from Sundance that I'm very, very excited about. And I said to him, I said, look, put this in the highest places first, send me those links, and let me get it out and press right away. Because if I can do that in 48 hours, which we're going to do, that sets a tone for every other filmmaker that's reached that level of Sundance. 
Does that make sense? It does. It's like, okay, you come with us. We're going to protect you. We're going to get you on board at the highest level, get you out there, get you started, because because that's going to get them the wave. So that matches the wave of their press from Sundance and then the initiation of the distribution, because three months from now, who knows if people are going to remember they were at Sundance, but now they do because, you know, it just ended. So those are the things we're trying to do. We're open to constructive, constructive criticism. So if anybody wants to send an email, be nice. <laughs> let, let us know what you need. Let us know what's missing. And if we can do it, we'll do it. We implemented a store. So we sell Hollywood memorabilia. Uh, some new media items. You can also buy uh, tickets and badges um, and submissions there. But 100% of the proceeds from all the Hollywood memorabilia go to that international um, art exhibit. So it's like you're buying art and you're helping artists. So I think that's pretty cool. You know, I'm really jealous of uh, these young people who grew up in this era of filmmaking because, you know, back in the day, in order to make a film, it cost a lot of money, right? A lot. A lot. But I, I was talking to a young person recently and telling them, you know, you guys have it so much easier and better. I mean, you can create a film for little to money, you know, little to no money, you know, as long as you have a really good camera. You can edit it on your computer. You know, you can distribute it online, you know, which that wasn't an option really when I was coming up, you know. I'm I'm 37. And, uh, you know, you are a youngin. You're a youngin. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, you know, uh, they didn't have those options when I was coming out of high school and stuff like that. Young people have such a great opportunity now. And it's really cool that, you know, that it's happening. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to get in the system in order to uh, release content. Now, one of the things that uh, that's very controversial that I definitely got to get your take on is uh, crowdsource funding. Uh, we've we've done shows, yes. yeah, we've done sh- shows about it, and there's their good points and their their bad points. I, I think overall, what do you think about crowdsource funding as far as a way to get your films made? It's a great question. I think everyone is a unique individual, and how they set forth in life is, you know, how they're most comfortable. There are people that are not comfortable being on, you know, Indiegogo or Kickstarter, and we need to be we need to be clear up front that those are not the only two games in town. So people really need to do their research. There are crowdsourcing sites that are specific to the subject matter of their film or project. Maybe they're a nonprofit. Maybe they're a charity in a different way than a you know a nonprofit. Um, maybe they're more tech side uh, by the by the equipment that they're using. And again, just the way I ex- describe distribution, making sure that we put their films, their content in the right place so they get the right audience. I think you need to find the right site to do what you do. Now, that being said, um, you know, I've been astounded at who has gotten money. And yeah. are they really going to make that film? Because I know of one person that garnered a lot of money and they say they're doing all these things, but I'm still getting emails asking for free stuff, everything free, everything free from a messenger. You know, and and again, we have to resort, you know, I don't want to fund people that are not going to use the money that I invested in them for the purpose that they stated on that site. And and for me, the negative would be, are they accountable 
to deliver what they say they're going to do. And no, they're only accountable to deliver the gift that you said you would. The other challenge for me is um, it's starting to get a little uncomfortable because I'll get these you know, emails, please invest in me, and maybe they were a former sponsor. Or maybe it's Machinima Expo, which I want, which I did. But, but mm-hmm. you know, so, but if I fund Machinima Expo, then any one of my 100 sponsors from the last five years might ask the same. And let's just do the math. You know, 100 sponsors times $100. See where yeah. it goes? Yeah. So um, I'm happy they're getting money. I wish they would be accountable and use it for what they said they would. Don't know. But, you know, let me take it away from this subject for a minute and let's go to grants. Okay. Um, So remember, I was with the Rhode Island and Providence Film Commissions and I was, you know, I'm by, you know, by coastal the last year. So I'm seeing some more people in my home state of Rhode Island and I'll probably get in trouble for what I'm going to say, but too bad. Mm -hmm. So I was asking, you know, someone gave me an idea and I said, look, why don't you go get it? You know, a Rhode Island State Arts Grant. And they said they won't give me one. And I know this person. I've worked with this person. He's a stand-up guy, and he said he's rejected every year. He And he basically said to me, but there's this other person. This was for screenwriting, script writing. <laughs> this other person has gotten a grant for script writing and has never had to show the script. So I think it's not necessarily is the question about crowdsourcing. I think the question is about accountability. And let's also use a different word. It's the same thing as deliverables. Yeah. So if you submit to the festival and you're accepted, you have to send me stuff. I can't tell you every year there's at least three to six filmmakers that don't send me what I need for me to actually have them participate in the festival. And then they yell at me later when they don't respond to my emails. Uh, You know, give you an example. They can send me a link, but I can't download that link. So that means I don't have the digital file, but their mind says I do. Or I'll reach out to them and I say, I need your digital file. And they'll actually waste everybody's time by saying, well, I sent it to you. Well, by me telling you I need it, either it was corrupted, you know, can't open it, or it wasn't. I'll say, you know, they don't follow directions. I say to them, please make sure that you name your file the title of your film. So if your film is Jack and Jill... And you file it, you name it J and J, I can't find it when I search. Does that make sense? Yeah. So so I think the question is accountability. Are you going to do with the money that you get? Um, you know, and at the same time, should we be giving money to people that we don't know are going to do what they say they're going to do? And, you know, if that is true about Rhode Island State Council on the Arts, shame on them. If you give someone money to write a script... You should make sure that they wrote a script and they didn't give you the same script that they gave you the previous year. Does that yeah. make sense? Because, yeah. A lot of and sense. maybe you shouldn't. Yeah. And maybe you shouldn't be funding the same person two years in a row. Does that yes. make like, Yeah. Like, um, and, you know, just to let you know, um, it's really kind of funny. Not so much now because apparently the word is out, but we've been offered money to to show a film. Now, that could be considered a sponsored film. But that's not what we're about. And and so you really have to submit to be considered. And I've even had Oscar nominees send in their films, but they weren't good films. These were films that they pulled off the shelf that Lord knows when they made them. And they weren't good stories and they weren't good production values. So even though you have a great name, you know, and you might help my press, 
your film doesn't fit what we do. So, um, you know, I hope people understand that um, we love them. We love their media. We want to we want to help everybody. At the end of the day, though, we have to stay true to, you know, what our mandate is about honoring stories worth telling you and bringing you the best in new media. And we have critical acclaim on that, which, you you know, you, I don't know, some people might be able to buy press, but I have a saying you can't buy press because they're going to say what they want to say. Um, you know, so, you know, we're really proud of where we've come and who's on board. And, you know, we hope people see that it's a collaborative effort and, you know, come be part of New Media Film Festival family. And, you know, we need your content because, so for example, 3D can submit their content. Yeah. I can put you on on NVIDIA, on our NVIDIA um, online site, well, what that means is we can get you an interview on their front page, and that gets like at least 264,000 visitors a day. But in addition to that, what's really funny is every week they highlight a film, and we've beaten out James Cameron's films on 3D. Very cool. Right, so it's cute, right? It's cute. You can say, ah, I beat out James Cameron this week. So it's kind of bragging rights for these filmmakers. I would like to add one other thing, though, that I think filmmakers need to be more proactive. Yes. I think that once you're accepted into New Media Film Festival, you should shout it out, or anywhere, obviously. Or even if you submit it, say, hey, I submitted here. Get the dialogue going. Um, when we distribute, we send you links. You should be emailing your list of people and saying, please go watch these. Click it. Tell someone else to click it. You know, because every time, you know, obviously if we all rise up in numbers, um, if it's 1% of eyeballs that are actually looking, you constantly need more eyeballs. Oh, I'd agree. And as well, also, it with this community as well, it's also another bonus prize as well because you're also there to protect the filmmaker it also helps them to also know and i don't like going in this direction but i'll say it anyways the scammer artists who are trying to come in on the industry so, so well let's talk about that so from your view there I, you know i like call them linkedin for example i have okay. money for films and these people don't have jack <laughs> It is very, very, very hard to suss out. You know, um, I think I have a BS detector and I think it's very good and I get snookered. So, you know, you have to do your due diligence. Um, If it sounds too good to to be true, it probably is. My recommendation to, to you would be, Kind of what I, you know, so so Select Services Films is my production company. Um, we own a Marvel comic right now that I'm packaging for a feature-length film. So knock on wood that we get all that together this year. Um, you know, we also have scripts that we can sell, but that owns Susan Johnston Casting, and it also owns New Media Film Festival. So if you go from things that I teach on the casting side, so when someone comes in an audition, we do different steps to suss out whether or not this actor can handle being on set. Yeah. yeah. So so they could be great in the room auditioning, but if they don't have the skills to maintain that professionalism, they're going to cost us time and money on set. So do that same thing with the scam artist, step by step. Okay, great, you have money. What kind of money is it? Is it equity? Is it funding? 
You know, um, I'll give you an example. Um, someone wanted to come in and, and buy New Media Film Festival. And I look at all opportunities. Uh, yeah, I've just yeah. always been that way. And so at one point, he wanted to see the financials, which, of course, is fine in a business setting. So I said, you know, please review this non-disclosure agreement. Sign, send back. I'll send you the, the financials. He refused to sign the financials. And I said, even though you're a member, like you're, you, you know a family member of mine, sorry, this is due diligence. So what that taught me is, is he's not playing professional from my world at this yeah, point, yeah. which means I'm uncomfortable. I'm not going to teach him or train him. So I just said, thank you very much. No, thanks. Um, it's true in the world that if someone wants money up front, you know, chances are they're not real right so like someone else wanted you know and i understand consulting can sometimes sound like a dirty word but if someone wants to invest in your film they should not get a consulting free fee up front they can get a fee based on actually delivering the money and then it goes one step further from my understanding you cannot sign a finder's fee agreement unless that person is a licensed broker Yes. Because if you are if you are a non-licensed broker and you meaning me, I'm not licensed. If I sign a finder's fee agreement that you give me a hundred thousand dollars, I give you five percent. Your attorney, you guys can play bad cop, good cop. Your attorney can say to me, "Show me your broker's license." I say I don't have one. He says I can't pay you. Yeah, get it. So you know, I do think that if someone's bringing you money, they owe you money, uh, that you owe them some sort of compensation. And another thing, people stop giving your titles away. It's so annoying. Like, you know what I mean? There's 900 producers, Mm -hmm. you know, there's 10 executive producers, or someone has the same title in eight categories, you know, edit, you know, editor, casting director, craft services person, (laughs) you know, it's like, I was the butcher, class. the baker, the candlestick maker, as well yeah, as I, yeah. Right. You know, like, and, and, and I brought the coffee to the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, too. <laughs> think of it like when you go to a buffet table and someone gets that one plate and they put everything from the 20 dishes you can choose from on there. Mm-hmm. That's what you look like when I look at your film. And not only that, and I don't mean to judge, but cha- and I know it's a little different in this new media era, but when you have 500 million credits, it's telling me you're coming from ego and you might be a challenge to deal with. You know, could be wrong, but it's just a little red flag. It is true because it's like a, it, it, it's one of those things of don't be afraid to also share the credit with someone. So what are some of the other scam artist things? Because I would love to help educate people. So what are some that both of you have seen that maybe I can talk about? Um, certain oh. company, it will, will remain nameless, um, presented a, comp- uh, a company with a contract of distribution. However, the, in their distribution is the, we are going to film festivals, so therefore we're going to need you to help us get the rooms for the film festivals. Oh, right. Sure. Let me fly around the world on your dime. Exactly. Next. <laughs> Sign that contract. Actually, the filmmaker should be going to the um, the festival. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I highly recommend that if a film festival is in your town, just go for the networking. If it's not in your town, don't go unless you have a film in it. It makes no sense to me. Or you're I mean, looking unless you have the information. Money. What? Or you're looking for the information and the contacts to right, be able right, to right. do that. No, I, yeah, I agree with you on that. But I'm thinking about if these filmmakers are making films, they need to spend money on their film, not going to a festival to network. 
solely to network, unless it's local because it's much more affordable. How about you, yep, Kinte? Yep. Any scam otters on your side? Yeah, you get these a lot. Um, my favorite is the the person who they are going to show you how to get into the industry and give you all the, the, the shortcuts and stuff that no one else is going to tell you. And they've been in the industry for like 20 years and they know everything. And they're you just give them $2,000 and... They'll help you out there. Those those kind of people like that. And then when you no, ask around about them, nobody knows who the hell they are. Yeah, I get annoyed with that in the casting world because um, I know it sounds crazy, but I used to teach a three-hour class for $35, which is nothing, mm-hmm. and you'd even get a book to go with it. Um, and people, a lot of people would not sign up because I guess they didn't think the value was enough. It had to be 125 from the guy who teaches classes that says that same exact thing that you said Mm -hmm. that I don't know who he is, you know? Um, But, you know, I recently, because of AFM, I recently consulted for someone, which I I don't consult a lot, and I use these figures from someone else. But um, I said to him, I said, look, I said it will be 250 an hour, but I type over 95 words a minute and I I move real fast, so you're probably going to get like four hours. Give me a two-hour minimum, 250 an hour, and I will include an Associated Press press release. I mean, that alone is worth a couple of hundred. Mm -hmm. But honestly, in that two-hour... Hours I, I I worked with him. I straightened his entire act out. His press, his whole press thing was a mess, and we've cleaned it up. I actually got to review his short, and we're distributing it. Um, I mean, I offered him distribution. I said, "You don't have to take it." I said, "But I think it's worthy of distribution." Um, you know, and he'll get his press release when he's ready to send it out. He's not ready to send it out yet. So I really feel in that case, I helped him. Do I think he needs more consulting? Absolutely not. If he did, I'd. But, you know, you have to be careful of people that you consult with because they just might want to keep you on and on and on and on. I think consulting is good to target exactly what you need and then get out. Yep. You know, it's kind of like these people that are in college for 10 years or, you know, they stay with the one acting coach for, you know, seven years. It's like, no, 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 no. You've probably learned all you can from them, I would hope, in a year, you know, but I don't know why you're still there. You know, but I don't know. It it might make them feel at home. But, um, well, it's good that we're having a conversation about that because, um, I mean, IMDb, although it's not always factual, it's a good frame of reference, I think, on a general place. Googling someone is general. I remember um, I Googled someone and it, you know, had all these scary things of him embezzling from people and whatnot. And I'm like, well, I don't want to deal with someone like this, you know? My other favorite one is pay to pitch. I, we, you can pitch to us your project, but and we'll, and we have people who are absolutely genuine investors. I won't tell you who these investors are. However, it's like, I will have you pay to pitch. It's like for $250, you can pitch to us. Or for $2,000, uh, there was a company that we all know in their name. And um, I'd like to know if any uh, – first of all, my first words out of my mouth when I heard them, I was like, have you actually ever 
take in any of these projects or are you and how do i guarantee that these five people who are sitting there are not your uncle your cousin your right. uh, janitor that you pulled in and say hey you put, put on this business suit and... are, is it i mean i'm hearing 2000 a lot that's yeah. insane wow so i believe in pitch fest you know, like a pitch fest, like there's an ink tip pitch fest. Yep. Um, I, I believe we did International Screenwriting Association. I've done um, Sherwood Oaks College a lot. May Gary shoots that rest in peace. He just died this past year. And I and, and just so you know, between those three organizations, I have option scripts. But I could be that rare bird that actually goes, um, you know, to, re, to, to, to accept pitches. And if you want to see them, they're on selectservicesfilms.com. Click on projects. And what's cool about that is you'll see just alphabetical order of titles, but you'll see the log lines of the scripts that I've accepted. And yes, that's a yes. good way for you to see from my production company side what my funders, you know, um, like. And I, I'd love to share this tip with people. Um, in the new media space, which really is the digital world, um, and think technology, it really means technology, people are communicating the way in which they want to communicate. So what's going to separate you from everybody else in the world that's trying to access someone is listening. So, for example, I would say to people that want to pitch me their feature-length script, um, if I don't know you or if I haven't asked you for it, it has to go through New Media Scripts. If I've asked you for it, this is what I ask for. I say, send me the title and the log line. Yeah. That's yeah. all I want because my money people, which is really cool, they just want to read the log line first. And if they think that they can fund it, then they'll have me read the script. And then if I like the script, I send it to them. But I don't send it to them until I option it. Why? Because I don't want to waste any time. If they want to fund it, they're going to move fast. And if they want to fund it and I haven't optioned it, that writer's going to start getting weird. I've just had it too many times. <laughs> so um, if people don't send me a log line and they don't follow my directions and they send me something, a link, an attachment or whatever, I don't want to work with them. They've wasted my time. Because trust me, as we get further down the process, there's going to be, you know, another short list of deliverables that I'm going to need, and I don't want to have to explain it to them. So I just, like, so I'll say to some people, you know, please email me. They'll call yeah, my cell. Yeah. Or, or I'll say, please don't text me, and they'll text me. They don't understand that my life needs a certain way of interaction with technology, which is going to be different than yours because I have friends that only want to be texted to. Of course I'll text them but I prefer not to be texted. Another thing that's a little annoying, um, this is probably more, well, it could be for filmmakers too. You know when they want to make an announcement, come see my show, come support my Indiegogo campaign, I just got this audition. Yes. I don't know how to do it myself, which is funny, but people send a text to all. Uh -huh. Have you ever had that? Have you yes. ever received oh, yeah. a text that was to everybody? Now, I don't mind somebody saying happy Thanksgiving. I'm not talking about that. But they'll do a send all they don't know where I am. They could be waking me up at 3.30 in the morning. Yeah, and I'm yeah. thinking it's an emergency. Does that make sense? Yes. Right. So, guys, stop these. Stop these text all. It's invasive. Email's different because, it, you know, it goes into an email box. I don't have to hear it. It doesn't yeah, wake yeah. me up. But I guess, you know, I guess that's sort of, you know, part of the evolution is how does someone want to be communicated to? Um, please communicate to them in that way. And if you can't, you know, find a way that's convenient for both of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if 
you if you prefer Skype, you uh, then don't call me on the if I'm telling you please Skype me, don't call me on the phone. If you're right, telling you please yeah, email well, me the log line, you literally mean email me the log line. Please don't email me the one sheet along right. with the, here. Oh, and it's really funny because we don't read um, one sheets or treatments. We actually go straight from the log line to the script, which I love that format. 